This is the third of the perfections, of the ten perfections. It is renunciation. Nikama in Pali. Very important to understand this one. Now, lots of people practice uh, Buddhism in the West. Uh, they come to it through lay communities. They practice in the household life. They practice meditation. But until they are understanding that there is something called the monastic order, and in order to become monastic, either a monk or nun, one has to renounce the household life and all that goes with it. And this renunciation is extraordinarily important. It's very highly apparent in Asia, not so much in the West. There are not many monks around. And quite often there is this impression that it's a matter of just six of one, half a dozen of the other, whether to practice in the household life or practice in the monastic life, but it is not. The Buddha is very clear on this. And so this renunciation is something that happens in the development of this path uh, towards arahantship and ultimately also for, for those who are aspiring to Buddhahood, those very, very few. So this um, renunciation is renunciation of the household life, the house, the life of the senses, sensory pleasures. Uh, and it is uh, motivated by something called Samvega. Samvega is variously translated sometimes as disappointment or disenchantment with the normal values of life. It can also be called a spiritual sense of urgency. The urgency is this, that it appears to you after some reflection, and you have to be a certain type of person, that sense, sensory experiences are very shallow and brief. And that when you get entangled with work and families and social life, that it is time-consuming, can be a draining experience. There are all kinds of tangles that you get into. And there's a lack of freedom in that. And there's the Buddha calls this the, the dusty, narrow life, that the household life is dusty and narrow. He compares that with the monastic life, which is spacious and free. And so this is the idea of renunciation. Renunciation is, is letting go of things which are burdens, are, are entanglements, are impediments, are problematic, and to aspire to a much higher sense of freedom. Should not be confused with selfishness. It is not a matter of that. Those people who are selfish or greedy uh, are always entangled in the shallower things in life. That's the nature of it. They're not aspiring to renunciation. So this is the, the simile often used is that as a king gives away his kingdom and walks away. So it's an idea that 
things that are of highest value, you can imagine being a king at any point in history, uh, all of the power and the wealth and the fame and etc. that all kind, most people aspire to. They, they, they would like that lifestyle and, and occasionally you see a king walks away. <laughs> there was a king, uh, Edward VII, uh, one of the British kings who renounced the throne to marry a commoner. Uh, not a great example of renunciation. Certainly he gave away the, the throne but got involved with, with uh, marriage and so forth. The, the Bodhisattva himself, the Buddha, before he was the Buddha, was a prince and was destined to inherit a kingdom. And he left, he left his wife, his child, his family, a huge fortune and inheritance and went into complete uncertainty in the forest. So there's the example of this renunciation. Renunciation, the value of renunciation, is not just known in Buddhism, it's also in other religious traditions. You'll see that the Catholics and the Orthodox Christians have a monastic orders, and there, again, there's a perception and understanding about renunciation. A renunciation is an unburdening, and it's also a... Certain people just become disenchanted with ordinary events and ordinary goals of life. Money and the triviality of entertainment, eventually one just it just appears to one that it is not of lasting value, it's a distraction, and there are there is a great question that needs to be answered. There's a great matter that needs to be dealt with. This is a matter of death itself. And death forces you to reflect on the meaning of life. What's the point? How am I going to spend my time? How shall I live? And, uh, of course, some people live at a very low level, barely above the animal level. They're motivated only by instinctual impulses. Others are intellectual or artistic, uh, uh, benevolent, etc. They function at a higher level and they have some restraint and maybe they even have some uh, renunciation in their life. However, this is the aspiration to the perfection of renunciation. In order to perfect this renunciation, one needs to get rid of everything, all the entanglements. All that remains is food, clothing, shelter, medicine, the basic requisites of human survival. And that's the what you take up as you enter the enter into the monastic life, the holy life. You are given at your ordination the means of just basic clothing, instructions on shelter. And and it shelter by the way is is limited. It's not any shelter. It has limitations on it. Food has limitations on it. When you can eat, what types of food you can eat, how you get the food, all these things are restricted. And so you have to be getting your value from something else than the mere ability to choose sensory pleasures or entertainment or the 
we are, we are whims in terms of food, clothing, shelter. Medicine, again, uh, is not always certain, and one has to be content with it. And in some, some, in some ways, it might be a certain amount of insecurity to uh, renounce the, uh, the protective nature of money. Uh, and if you get into serious medical situation, what do you do if you don't have any money? On and on. So you're putting your life on the line, and, but it's worth it. So renunciation is a freedom, is an unburdening that is so helpful, so uplifting that you're willing to give away everything. Notice it's different than generosity. Generosity is, is giving something specifically to other people. Renunciation is simply abandoning. Uh, you might give things away. Uh, maybe you decide to go off and become a monk and you give your, your record collection away, your guitar, your car, whatever. You give them to somebody. That's fine. It's not really as an impulse of generosity. It's an impulse of just unburdening and freeing. And so you have stories sometimes of people taking their, their wealth, their gold, and just throwing it in a river and walking away, just handing the keys over to their house and walking away. So that's a different kind of spirit than uh, generosity, but both of them aim at lightening up and both of them have to be developed and purified. Renunciation is, is also you're sharing your renunciation because when other people come in contact, if they're ready, if they're ready, they come in contact with with a person who has renounced the ordinary structures of the household life, it makes them think. It's, it brings them up short because people often get preoccupied with accumulations and uh, getting more and more pleasures and so forth. And it's a tiring, exhausting sometimes business to do that. And it's always fraught with insecurity but everybody around you talks that way and everybody thinks that way so every now and then if you see somebody who doesn't think that way it opens up a, a different a possibility in life a different way or a different attitude in life so this is a critically important to that there are people visibly living a renunciant life and it allows others to know of the possibility. In the Western society, certainly that I was raised in, in my generation, it was not apparent whatsoever that there was an alternative lifestyle that was respected by mainstream society, a non-materialistic lifestyle of renunciation. In uh, the 60s and so forth, uh, people tried to, some people tried to renounce it as uh, uh, kind of like amateurish renunciations, hippies and back to the landers and various attempts like this because there were no formal models to allow one to renounce in a trained way with training. In Asia, monasteries are common. And one who has this feeling of some vega, remember the spiritual disenchantment and the spiritual urgency, can easily step across the road and find a renunciant community. And 
those renunciants will instantly recognize, ah, here's another whose eyes are opening, who is uh, disenchanted with the dusty and narrow life of the household structure of family and work, etc. And in the Buddhist countries, also those who are living the household life also celebrate this. So they, they all appreciate that somebody does this and that it inspires them in some way. And usually there's no sense of, there's usually a sense that I, I appreciate what you're doing. I'm not ready myself. I don't have the samvega, but it inspires me that others do. It confirms the nature of the teachings of the Buddha. So the householders, uh, parents and uh, friends and relatives of of young men that want to go forth as monks are uh, congratulatory for that. In the West, it would be a different uh, story. There would be a lack of understanding and incomprehension. And this tells you something very important about our society. When we don't understand that, when we don't appreciate that, we are deeply mired in shallow values. This is a, criti- a criticism, a profound criticism, uh, which is deserved of the Western structure. It is damaging to the psychology of humans to feel that there is no alternative to a life of competitive acquisitions, of the entanglements and melodramas of family lives, etc., that there is no other way of being. This is a great shame as a shows that the culture is not highly developed. It is technically developed, but it is not mature. It's not psychologically mature. It's not developed in this sense. And any culture that doesn't have the idea of renunciation, doesn't appreciate it, is undeveloped. So more or less, we're, it's a third world spiritual country. <laughs> First world material country, third world spiritual country. Um, So those are a few reflections on renunciation. And um, I think that during this talk, I was a little provocative as well, kind of deliberately, so that uh, if some of what I said pushes your buttons or steps on your toes, uh, it was on purpose to make you reflect about this and how you perceive this. So I'll leave this talk for now.